Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Welcome to this week's episode of the Wish Well Podcast. This is Dr. Michelle Dang. This is episode number 49 featuring Dr. Ali Nowitzki, and the episode is entitled Keeps Getting Better. I recorded this episode over the summer with Dr. Nowitzki, and I had such a pleasure recording with her. And I share with you in the beginning how we connected over social media, which seems to be the recurring theme for many of the guests on this podcast. I cannot believe that it is Christmas time and I hope that you all are doing well and enjoying some rest hopefully and if not I hope that you all are staying safe as well and I'm wrapping up this first year of this podcast. I can't believe we've made it to the very end. Next week, I will post a solo episode just on my reflections on this new endeavor, and hopefully we'll be able to chat with you all a little bit about what's coming up for the next season. With that being said, when I recorded this episode with Allie over the summer, I was having, we were having some issues with a lot of wind and the storms over the summer in Houston where I live. And where I live, there's a lot of trees. We're in the suburbs. And um, typically in Houston, there's not a whole lot of trees. But in the suburbs, because of the trees and whenever there's a wind or the storms come, it just seems like we always lose power. So we were probably about two-thirds of the way through recording the episode when I lost power. And I'd never had that happen before on a podcast recording. Luckily, Allie is a pro. She stayed on the recording until I could come back maybe about five or 10 minutes later and picked up right where we left off. So there may, in the recording, be a little bit of a glitch when that happens. Maybe you can keep an eye out and see where it actually happens. Or maybe I'm editing it so well that you can't even tell. Regardless, it was still a fun recording to make. Um, I know it had been a while since we last recorded, and I do want to share that she has her own podcast, Life Coaching for Women Physicians, which is wonderful. I do listen to it as well. And so I want to share with you a little bit about her episode, which I mentioned before. It keeps getting better. She is the CEO of Life Coaching for Women Physicians. And she talks a little bit on the uh, podcast about yo-yo dieting, poor body imaging, um, poor body image, and uh, discusses her transition into what she does now. So a little bit about her. She specializes in life coaching for professional women, including fellow female physicians. She is a certified life and weight loss coach, board certified pediatrician, board certified neonatologist, blogger, international speaker, and host of the podcast, Life Coaching for Women Physicians. Allie has a membership program for women physicians called Life Coaching Society, where she focuses on mind, body, and relationship fitness. So definitely check her out. 
She can be reached at Life Coaching for Women Physicians and on her Facebook group as well. And her Instagram is Ali Nowitzki, MD. So definitely go check her out. I'll leave all the information and the links in the show notes. I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. Tune in next week for the last episode of 2020. And we are all collectively looking forward to 2021. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Ali Nowitzki. She is the CEO of Life Coaching for Women Physicians. I'm super excited to have her on. We connected over social media, I think, within the last year. We just talked briefly before we started recording that um, I guess Ali saw my name pop up here and there and in various groups that we are a part of. And I saw her name pop up here and there, too. So when we connected, I think uh, we were messaging each other. And I remember saying, you look really familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? <laughs> and, uh, but no, it was just through social media. <laughs> but welcome, Allie. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I am doing well. And I'm super inspired when I saw that you have a podcast because it seems that you do so much. And this was just really a cool thing. And I love the intention of it. And so congratulations to you. Thank you so much. And congratulations to you too. I know that we'll, we'll be talking about your journey and what you're doing now. Um, and this is very exciting to have you here. So um, can you tell us in a couple of words or phrases what your own personal health and wellness journey means to you? Absolutely. Yeah. So mine actually started with a twist. So I was, you know, pretty young when I became pretty focused on what you know, girls and women were supposed to look like. And that started really early for me, unfortunately and fortunately. Um, so pretty early kind of developed a really not great relationship with food and my body. And because of that, you know, suffered some low confidence. However, I did find sports. And so that's kind of where it all turned around for me. Um, I started playing softball in fifth grade and I was pretty decent at it. And it really gave me a lot of confidence. And from there, I decided that, wow, I guess I am really strong. That's kind of something to be proud of. I know it's not something that is celebrated all the time in girls and women, because again, this was a while ago, mm -hmm. but it just felt really good. And so from there, it didn't end. I still, for years, really dealt with a lot of really poor food habits, yo-yo dieting, always trying to be a smaller version of me, not embracing who I really was. And so that's how it started. But because of it, I really got interested in reading everything I possibly could about nutrition and exercise. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I really became really a self-taught expert feels uncomfortable to say, but I guess I'll call it that because I spent years just really kind of doing all the research, but behind hormones and um, just, you know, what type of food plan affects what body types and, and all these different things. And I was actually able to start to understand it in a way that allowed me to view the way I fed my body and the way I moved my body in a way that was much more loving. 
So once I went to college, I played a sport there. Uh, I was really not in a great situation. It was really tough for me mentally to do pre-med and to play the division one sport. And so at that time, I wasn't really happy with, with who I was. I was definitely eating way too much Carvel um, in, the, in the cafeteria. <laughs> but then something happened. I got to med school and I decided that I was just going to be true to myself and really took on the whole intuitive approach to eating and exercise and really transformed from the inside out. Um, my intention at that point wasn't to really lose a lot of weight. It was just to try to be true to myself and really be intentional and use that intuition. But then I really developed a style and the ability to kind of then replicate that. Mm -hmm. And it wanted, it allowed me to want to help others. And so that's kind of my journey that was a little bit, you know, interesting uh, mm -hmm. and difficult in the beginning, but really turned around and then became something that I now use to really help a lot of people. Well, I mean, I think that's really good that you had your own personal experience um, with having poor body image and kind of working through that on your own and uh, now wanting to help others. And I definitely want to talk a little bit more about that, but um, I know a little bit about your your career, I guess, um, and how that's evolved. Um, so I know that you um, are a neonatologist. Yeah. And um, so how did you, how did you, and I know now you do something a little bit different. So can you Walk us through that journey. I sure can. That, that one's an interesting one too. <laughs> Unpredictable, but anyways. Uh, so, you know, neonatology was what I wanted to do as soon as I got to pediatric residency. So I wasn't really sure in med school that that's what I would do. But once I got to, you know, pediatrics, my first rotation was in the NICU. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I love my mentors. I love kind of the adrenaline to it. But yeah, I love the science to it. And so I was set going to do that. And the other thing I liked about it is I had some mentors that really led a pretty flexible lifestyle with it. And that was something really important to me. And so I went into neonatology and got there. And then I had my first child and I realized that, gosh, <laughs> and again, I'm married to a physician as well. So I was realizing how tough it was. And I had postpartum depression and really dealt with a pretty dark place at that point. But through that all, again, another win, I realized that this isn't really the life that I want to live where I'm kind of bound to set hours and I'm living the typical and the norm of what I'm expected to do. And so I'm like, you know what, I bet I can think outside the box because that's what I've always done. Let's, let's just see what I can do. And so at about year five, as an attending, an opportunity came up uh, with a health organization where they needed a medical director for neonatology. Mm -hmm. And it was a great position, great pay, got to work from home, no holidays, no weekends. And now at this point, I had two children under the age of five. Mm -hmm. um, so I said, what the heck? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take this non-clinical job and I'm going to moonlight clinically and it'll be the best of both worlds. Now at this point, I had no idea I would ever have a business. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what happened was when I started doing the non-clinical work, hours were better. I had more of a definite schedule. I was home. I was sleeping. I was with my kids more, but I knew that wasn't forever. I knew that I liked the shift of the lifestyle piece, but I knew that the actual work was not going to fulfill me forever. So during that time, I just had a little bit of extra time. So started kind of just seeing what was out there. And again, I was always super interested in nutrition and exercise and all those things. And having my own struggles with postpartum depression, I became a huge fan of cognitive behavioral therapy. That's what helped me with my depression. And my husband's a psychiatrist. 
So then I found out about the life coach school, which honestly, the whole thought model encompasses cognitive psychology. It's what the model's based off of. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I can go to life coach school and be able to use the model, which is cognitive psychology based. And I can combine that with my love for helping others through, you know, health, exercise, fitness, nutrition, all those different types of things. And that might be pretty amazing. (laughs) So initially when you did the life coach school, you were doing it for your own personal to to get coaching yourself. But after you completed it, that was that when you thought you could really find something where it could meld everything all together? No, um, actually it's interesting. I didn't go to the life coach school initially for coaching. I actually didn't even have a coach until I started training to be a life coach. I saw what the other coaches were doing and I said, that's pretty amazing that they can have that much impact over people. I want to do what they're doing. And so I, this is hysterical, but I didn't even listen to one life coach school podcast. I didn't even really know who Brooke Castillo was. Uh I signed up to be a coach. I'm like, I'm going to take the training. Oh, that is very interesting. (laughs) So how did that evolve then? So um, at this point you were still working on it clinically or did you stop that and you started doing this life coach school to become a coach? No. So I continued doing my full-time non-clinical job and I did some moonlighting. I went in about every other week uh, to the NICU, just one shift. And then I was training for to become a life coach. And at that point it was tolerable. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was busy, but at that point I wasn't really in business yet. Right. So I didn't really have the ability to just, you know, stop and go all in, but I started taking some clients Mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, right away, I would say, just because I did have that background with the nutrition and fitness piece. And so a lot of the coaching clients that I had years previous, even I would just do that with them, but I never had this thought model to help them with as well. So started taking some clients and started taking some more clients, furthered my training uh, at the life coach school, started doing a lot of free groups. So I remember I had a marriage group. I thought I was going to focus on relationships to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I basically had signups and I would just take any woman physician who wanted to be coached. And I think I coached over a hundred women that way. So I, my goal was to get pretty comfortable with coaching. So then I did that. I took some clients and then I got busy and I got to the point where it wasn't manageable to do both. So I really had to make a decision if I was going to go all in on my business or if I was going to just keep it as a side business, I had to make the decision and I did. And so about a year ago, exactly a year ago, I um, left the non-clinical job full-time and I went all in into mind body marriage is how my business started. That was my first brand since rebranded to life coaching for women physicians. But that is when I made the jump. And how did that feel? Uh, it felt amazing. <laughs> it felt amazing. Uh, I come from a background of a lot of physicians. And so, and I'm, I tend to be pretty much, I like to make people happy. And uh, there was a lot of opinions about me leaving medicine full time. And mm-hmm. what's this life coaching? Uh, it sounds like, you know, it didn't sound too uh, impressive to them, let's just say Mm -hmm. at first. Mm -hmm. My husband, super supportive. He is always my biggest cheerleader. So it felt amazing though, because I, for the first time, really felt that I created something 
and it wasn't easy, but yet I believed in it so much that I was willing to just go all in. And so it just felt very thrilling. I think it's probably the feeling I want to, I want to share, but pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think, um, for many people in general, not just women physicians, um, there is that fear, especially you're, if you're on the cusp, if you have to leave something altogether, completely something that's safe into something that is in some ways a little bit unknown. I think many people have a lot of fear going to that next level. Yeah, I totally agree. And don't get me wrong. I, I definitely, it was at the back of my head. I said, this is the right thing, but Mm -hmm. There's always that question, right? Is this the right time? Is this, because I mean, this is the first time that we never had benefits. So that's a whole other topic. Like, okay, so now let's go find out what it's like to buy your own health insurance and to get your own this and that. And the things I was most afraid of, turns out they were just details. So the things I will absolutely say, if that seems to be the holdup, those things are details and they can be worked out pretty easily. Um, but again, that was part of all of the things that encompassed a little bit of the fear. Yeah. So tell me a little bit. So you said initially your brand was Mind Body Marriage, um, and now it's life coaching for women physicians. So tell me a little bit about that shift. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of another one that was a bit of a surprise because <laughs> <laughs> the way that Mind Body Marriage developed was uh, my husband, Mark, and I were sitting in the kitchen one night and we thought it would be a really cool idea to have a podcast. Now I'll just put this in time reference. So my company, Mind Body Marriage, didn't actually become a company until after I started life coach school training. So I actually didn't have the brand or anything when I went in. Cause as I mentioned, I kind of jumped right in. So we said, okay, let's do a podcast. And I think eight hours later, Mind Body Marriage was born. <laughs> and so we went ahead and the first thing we actually did in the business was a podcast. Mm-hmm. And from that, you know, that was really just more out of fun, out of passion. I didn't know that it would actually be something that I would use to uh, help advance my business. It was more about feeling the waters, testing what's out there, seeing what it felt like to be a podcaster. How would, how would my sound sound? How would my ideas come across? What would we be like as a combo type deal? Um, so that's how it started. And I'll say that I spent about 18 months doing everything backwards. Um, you know, instead of figuring out who my niche and my client and my brand and my word and my, you know, messaging and my, all that stuff and how to make a lead magnet and all those different crazy types of things. I did everything the other way around. I was piecemealing things together. Um, and I got to the point where I said, okay, I I need a plan. I I gotta, let's get this together. So I spent a little bit of time really thought about the big picture and realized that most of the clients that had come to work with me were women physicians really just trying to be their very best, usually coming from a, a health standpoint, but then triggering down into the other areas of their lives, like their job and their relationships and all of that. So I wanted my brand name to be a little bit more encompassing of what I actually did. And so what I actually did is life coaching for women physicians. I mean, that's what I was doing. And so what I realized is that way I could go ahead and cover all the topics that we cover in the new podcast, for example, in a blog, um, and then be able to kind of have programs that really targeted the specific things that are more my niche. I mean, it sounds like um, you are just 
you know, it keeps getting better for you. <laughs> and um, it's, it's so amazing all that you're doing now and reaching out to, to women physicians who I know I can speak for myself. There are lots of things that I've struggled with being a female physician. Mm-hmm. So um, what are some of the challenges that you've had just in your own journey? Yeah. Um, and do you mean from a, a business standpoint or from a just life standpoint in terms just of everything? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I, I was hoping you'd say just everything because I, <laughs> I do have a pretty big one. I, I will say, you know, I talk about boundaries all the time, all day long. We talk about this in all my groups and all my coaching. Uh, boundaries is tough. And it's one of the things that I need to make a solid commitment to keeping because when there's so much going on and you also have the family that you want to nurture. And again, remember the reason why this all started is because I wanted to be with my kids more and my family more. Mm -hmm. And now when I go through all these different channels to try to make that happen, and then I'm working more than ever, then that's really not what the intention is. And so one of my struggles definitely is how to create the business that is going to amplify my life. And um, it's easier said than done in my mind. I know what that is, but then putting it into practice is absolutely the next step. And, and I feel that slowly I'm able to do that, but I am trying to be patient with myself knowing that it absolutely is a process. Um, and right now what I'm doing is there's, there's a lot of grunt work, especially with the rebrand and with I've had three different business models at this point. And to be quite honest, I really enjoy this kind of work. I really enjoy the business building and the creativeness and the creativity, if you will. And so I've, this is the first time I literally have ever hired somebody to help me with my business. So I hadn't hired anybody. This was all on, you know, and that's why I said I've made mistakes. I've learned. And so now I'm like, okay, how am I going to, you know, up-level this? How am I going to make this the business that I want that's going to allow me to be with my family, but yet make impact on other people. Yeah. And it's hard. I think, um, just women in general, we tend to spread ourselves too thin. I I know that I always say, I don't want to do so much, but I end up doing so much. (laughs) And, uh, definitely that boundaries is, is very challenging for me. I hate asking for help just with anything because I want to be able to do it all, but it's hard. You can't do it all hard. Right. And that's one of the things is that we have this, you know, I always talk about all or none thinking, right. It's, it's a thought distortion, but it's all about, you know, we are either all in or it's not good enough and we're all out. And it's, that's a hard one too, because as you said, we, we do try to do it all. Um, and I just have just out of curiosity and just because I still am working clinically, I always wonder if, if at some point we do, I do decide to take the next step and get out of clinical medicine, will I miss it? And so my question to you is, do you ever miss um, seeing patients? I love it. So uh, I do go in and moonlight occasionally, and I do it for that exact reason, mm-hmm. because I want to keep my skill. For example, you know, it took a long time to get the skill. I want to keep it. But also I really do love medicine. Uh, do I miss it? Um, I don't miss many parts of it. And what I can tell you is that when you follow your passion and really live the life that you believe you should be living, then 
the other part of that is that medicine does not have to go away from that. You're always going to be a doctor always. And you get to hold on to that piece and you get to use it however it is that you want, because you will always be a doctor and there's no way that you would be able to pursue your current business or pursue your future business the way you are now, if you didn't have that background. So for me, I really like to think of this as just a whole journey and that I had to do everything I did to become a neonatologist, to actually get here and to reach people in this way. And how I look at it now, because my work is mostly with women physicians, is that I feel that I'm giving back to medicine in a much bigger way. Because for each woman that I'm able to help, then they're able to help all of their patients and then all of their patients get better and they're able to help their families. And so I look at it that way. And for me, that's really helpful. And my dad, who was, you know, the one who was thinking, well, so what's this life coaching? Um, he is just completely taken away by this work and the impact that it has. And so that, I know that that's just, um, you know, affirmation, uh, but it does feel pretty good coming from him. Well, I think it's important um, to have that support system. You mentioned your husband being very supportive and, you know, your dad's come around and, and sees all the great things that you're doing. So I think that's really important to have that. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that for you, it's, it's just your journey and you needed to, the whole part of your journey to get to where you're going. And so you get to hold on to being a physician and it's going to always be there for you. A lot of, I have a lot of physicians I work with and they are building businesses and they say, well, what if I forget what to do? Or what if, you know, and the whole truth of this is that we have spent time, but not only time, we've spent such quality and valuable time learning our trade and our skill that mm -hmm. it, you don't just forget it. Yeah. And I mean, I think it, it can apply to any other field of work as well. I mean, when you spend a lot of time training and learning a certain skill, uh, you're, you're really not going to lose it. And it's funny, I haven't actually, my background is anesthesia and I haven't practiced anesthesia since 2011 full time. And I was worried if at any point I would go back, if I would lose those skills. And people always say, well, it's like riding a bike. And it really is in some ways. <laughs> Right. So any advice you'd offer to others who may be struggling to find their way or um, needing a little bit of help? I, I like that question so much. It actually came up in one of my sessions the other day and it, it, a little spin on that was just, she was concerned with not knowing what her passion is. So she's questioning, how do I find my passion? What direction do I go? How do I know? And so while it's so amazing to dream and to think about what could be and what you want to do, the whole idea of living it right here and right now, and to make that more tangible, it's how can we create pleasure today and how can we create excitement today? And I think that when you're having trouble and you're really wondering what is it that is out there for me, what's my passion, what's the future holding, the journey is really the most important part. And so for the journey to be amazing, I think that feelings like pleasure and excitement are perfect ones to throw in there. So generating that pleasure, generating that excitement. And when you're living true to that and everything feels great, you're going to have a clear mind and you're going to be able to really pursue what it is that makes you want to keep dreaming, I think is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting, just um, with all the women that I've had the pleasure of interviewing for this podcast, 
I feel like almost every episode I will say something or, or my guests will say something and we'll, we'll both say, you know, it is about the journey. And, um, and it's, it's interesting that literally almost every single woman has said that on the podcast and, but it's true because it is, um, you know, you have to trust the process and trust that this is part of the journey. And so I love that. Um, and so going back to your phrase, which was, um, keeps getting better. What's next for you? So great. Right. So Mm -hmm. this is what's really cool. Uh, when everything happened with COVID and all of this, I had to really try to, elevate in my community of my, you know, women in my, I have a membership program and we were trying to figure out, you know, what do we need? And so this really cool thing happened. And I started doing live workouts with my, with my members and it became the most fun part of the whole program, which blew my mind. I never in a million years thought to do something like that. And so from there, what's happened is the community has taken on a whole new vibe and it's almost even strengthened my messaging, which has always been being strong, honoring who you are. Let's find out who that is. And from there, it's just created so much positivity. Uh, And from there, it's inspired me to then be able to give them more of what they want. So with that being said, now what I'm doing is listening. And so a lot of what the women are saying is, Hey, I love the messaging. I love the idea of being strong. This is where I live. I live in this place where I've always been told that I should be at a different weight or a different size or whatever, help me get strong. And so then I started doing kind of more, um, intensives with the people that wanted to go that direction. And so within now the membership, it's kind of showing that there's all different people there with many different goals. And so what's it, so now as I move forward, it's, it's listening and being able to provide kind of what, what people want and need to really help their health. So I think what's next for me is to continue listening and to continue just growing. Uh, we've grown quite a bit. We've grown over, gosh, we've, increased 10 times in the past two months. And that's been pretty amazing. And I was at first wondering what that would look like because the community had been pretty small and limited because I didn't open it up really until a month ago. And actually the growth has inspired everyone and people are super engaged. And so it's kind of what we needed. And so I think, again, I guess that's my answer is what's in it in the future is I'm going to keep listening and I'm going to keep showing up and I'm going to keep letting this journey take me. And I think it's, that's really quite beautiful. And I think, um, you know, during this pandemic, there are so many, you could easily think of all the negatives about the pandemic, but there are so many positives that have come out of it. And I think, you know, what you were creating uh, during this time was something that we all you know, women physicians really need it because there was so much on the news, on social media constantly about COVID-19 that I know personally, I was getting so burnt out and just stressed out. And so um, what you were creating during that time was definitely much needed. Well, thank you. It's been, it's been pretty amazing. And quite honestly, it's so hard to say, how do you say that? But I'm thankful because that opportunity allowed me to help more. And so I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to hearing all that's going to be coming from you in the future. And again, so excited that you took your time out to share with us today. And for my listeners, um, how can they reach you if they want to find out a little bit more about you? Absolutely. It's super easy. My website has it all. So it's just 
www.lifecoachingforwomenphysicians.com. So it's just as it sounds. And there I have a podcast. Uh, I've restarted a blog. So I had a blog on my other website and now I'm recreating one on this website. And I have my whole society. So my society is my membership and that's probably the best place to look and just check things out. But yeah, everything's right there. And I am going to keep bringing lots of fun stuff. So definitely check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Allie, for taking your time out to chat with me today. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. Thanks again. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness.